From the Center for Conscious Communication, this is Leading Life. Hi everyone, I'm Stacy Carruth, the founder of the Center for Conscious Communication, and this is Leading Life, a podcast spotlighting women business leaders who are making a difference, following their passion and challenging the status quo. My guest today is Lisa Burridge. Lisa is the owner of Lisa Burridge and Associates, a real estate agency she founded in early 2000 here in Casper. Besides being a top contributor to the residential real estate market, Lisa is also an incredible contributor to our community. She was instrumental in Montessori's move to their new location where they can serve more kids. She was the first fundraising chair to raise over a million dollars for the United Way. She was the co-chair of fundraising where she raised $15 million for the new construction of St. Anthony's School. She was also instrumental in raising funds for David Street Station and most recently served on the Wyoming Medical Center board where she helped lead the hospital through the acquisition by Banner Health. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Stacy. I'm glad to be here with you. Quite a list of contributions in addition to already providing this important service of helping people find their dream homes. I wonder how it feels to you as I read that list back to you. Well, actually, it feels uh, kind of surreal because I don't pay a lot of attention to that. I, um, I love to give back. I love to help our community. That's one of my driving passions is for Casper to become a better place to live. Um, I grew up here and then I left for about 20 years and only came back about 20 years ago. Having come back when I swore I'd never would, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that um, my kids would have no reason to want to leave. And of course they left and then they've come back. So <laughs> it's all good. Casper's a great place and I think all of us can do our own little part to do what we can to make it a better place to live. Mm, well, you're walking your talk in that for sure. Thank you. So when you left, it sounds like then you you must have gone to Evanston at that point, right? No, I started off in Evanston, actually. My husband and I moved to Evanston in 1983, mm-hmm. and that's when I got my real estate license initially. And um, it was real hard for me to give up my $6 an hour steady job. Um, but I gave it up and went into real estate full time and um, just found a real passion for it. I called people out of the phone book, which right now, if you ask someone to do that, they'd probably laugh. They'd laugh me. Well, my people would laugh me out of the office saying, are you kidding? You just want us to call people we don't even know? Yes, I do. But um, the cool thing about not knowing what's going to happen when you do something is you never know how it's going to turn out. Mm. So that's part of my um, my drive to always do something different because sometimes people put limiting beliefs on themselves because they think that uh, it's not possible. Something is just not going to be attainable. And I think that um, just being able to move through the fear of doing things and uh, doing it anyway, it's surprising how many things come out on the other end that are super positive in all kinds of areas of our lives. Oh, I love that. You never know how it will turn out by doing these unexpected things. Yeah. It's like, um, similarly, we did the David Street Station project too. And um, that was really an interesting undertaking because we had so many naysayers about that project overall. How are you going to be able to buy real estate from the state 
of Wyoming to be able to agree to do certain things. And, and actually, um, a group of us that were super committed to the project just kept moving one foot in front of the other. And there were times when it felt like it would never happen. But now look at it. It's a great place for, it's a great opportunity for Casper to have a gathering place like David Street. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You're such a testament to the idea of create a vision even if yeah. you don't know how you're going to make it to that yeah. end point and just start taking steps toward it. Sort of like people never set goals. And the reason that they don't is because I think in part they have a fear that they won't make them and then they'll feel bad or look silly or whatever. I set really sometimes crazy goals. I'll set things that um, I have to talk myself into keeping it on the paper because I think to myself, that's probably really way too out there. Um, but I've done a number of, I've set a number of goals that were that way that I actually accomplished, which all you have to do is start somewhere. Even if you start small and you make those goals, then you know that it works because without goals, you just, you don't get anywhere. Yeah, well, build your evidence then. You create some evidence that you actually can achieve crazy goals. Absolutely. Well, I read that you set a what was thought to be an impossible goal to earn $5 million and be on the stage at this. Well, that's an interesting. It wasn't earn $5 million. This was was back in 1984 or 85, I think it was. Back then, when you sold. There were people at this conference that had sold $5 million worth of real estate. Today, $5 million worth of real estate is nothing. Mm -hmm. But back then, when the average sales price was like $70,000, you had to sell quite a few houses to get to $5 million. And so I set that goal. And it was interesting because when I went back to my own office, my coworkers laughed. They thought it was really ridiculous. But I um, did it anyway, and I made it. And so um, I hit that goal and a little bit beyond. And knew that was that was probably the very first really big goal. So that you think about 1983 to 2023, I have a lot of practice at setting um, impossible and possible goals, and sometimes not hitting them, and that's okay. And mm-hmm. sometimes hitting them. So mm, yeah, I think you exceeded your goal. If I read correctly by almost a million dollars yeah yeah that's really incredible thank you so I do have this you know I teach a lot about thoughts create our results because they inspire those thoughts if they're inspiring thoughts inspire us to take inspired action and then create these amazing results and you are a perfect example of that thank you yeah I am um, I am a big big believer in affirmations positive affirmations we have to say the word positive in front of affirmations because sometimes people tend to say affirmations that are really not very positive mm-hmm. and they're kind of again a repeat of some self-defeating ideas that lay out in our head sometimes so um, but positive affirmations I feel like really help people move past um, the dark corners, the dark recesses of their mind is saying, you know, you can't do this. This isn't going to happen. You're not that good. You're not, you know, I think everybody has those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And um, so the only way to combat those is to make your subconscious believe what you're reading is true. Mm-hmm. So to me, um, having a list of affirmations, I change them pretty regularly, but I say them every morning and every night. And I encourage the people that work for me to do the same. So, and we've seen some pretty incredible results happen from people that have come to work for me that, um, you know, are struggling in one area or another of their life. And uh, by just, by just simply saying positive affirmations in a positive context, um, have really moved through some pretty amazing, um, 
holdbacks, you know. Gosh. So it's really fun. I love that. I love helping people, and I love seeing people um, thrive. It's just my best. It's just my favorite. So where did this come from? Did your did your parents teach you this? No. Did you hear about it or read about it? Um, I, 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 you know, I, all I can tell you is I've been blessed by God. That's all I can tell you because I don't really know. I didn't grow up this way. Um, in fact, we always laugh from a. Um, from a salesperson's perspective, I was the furthest thing from that. I grew up, I was fairly shy. I was fairly introverted. I mean, I, I was not nothing like I thought I'd ever be today. Um, but it all started, my husband laughs at me. He says it started when we went to a garage sale in like 1981 together. And I wanted something. And he said, well, just go buy it. I said, all I have is 50 cents. And he says, well, offer him 50 cents. And so I offered him 50 cents and they took it. And I said, I should have offered him 25 cents. And so <laughs> that was kind of the beginning of the the whole, uh, you know, I always laugh at that. Maybe maybe that was the beginning. I don't know what it was. but But from the day I got into real estate, I always had a feeling that I could maybe make my own real estate office better. Mm-hmm. So I was in real estate for two years and I went and got my broker's license, bought into my first office with a partner. Um, and then since then I've had, I forget, maybe four or five different offices that I've owned over the years. And um, our whole goal always is to make them better and better for the people that work there. So mm, mm, I so wanna talk about that too. Let's just go there because okay. I I met you at your office uh, during Mixer, yeah, uh, yes, Chamber a networking, of Commerce, yeah, networking mm-hmm. event, and you gave me a book, The Five Dysfunctions of yeah. a Team. Yep. Talk to me a little bit about that. I, I that so contributes to creating a better team. But tell me a little bit. Yeah, about it why. does. You know, I think that um, what's interesting about the book. Let's just talk about it to start with. Um, it's a, by an author named Patrick Lencioni, and he is he's written a number of different books. All of them are brilliant, in my opinion. Um, mostly because they're all super simple. And they're all um, so simple that it's hard to do for people. And so like the five dysfunctions, we we really do run our office based upon the five dysfunctions of a team book. And it's a never-ending learning and teaching and practicing and guiding and prodding and poking. And, you know, it's, um, but, you know, as you know, as you read the book, and I'm glad you read it because I hope you enjoy it as much as I I do. Um, but most conflict happens when people have, it starts off, they have an absence of trust. And so I think that from a communications perspective, we've always done our best to have the office set up so that, um, people could have the trust to tell us anything that they needed to without repercussion. That partially came from my mother because she would always tell me, um, if you never lied to me, I will, you make me in trouble, but you won't be in as much as if I find out you lied. Mm -hmm. So I always had a great deal of trust in my mother and, uh, same thing for her and me. And so I think that's probably where I really believe that is the basis of all this is you have to have trust with the people you work with. This five dysfunction stuff works for families and relationships as well. Because what happens is if you don't trust the people that you need to talk to, then you have a fear of conflict. And I think that um, people fear, they totally fear conflict. And it's sad that they do because sometimes the best um, conversations, I suppose you can probably think of one yourself, where you had the hardest but the best 
conversation and, and it was it was fearful right yeah. but out of that um, what happens in the office environment is then there's a, a lack of of commitment on people's part which leads to an avoidance of accountability right mm-hmm. and uh, inattention to results and so if you want results in your life if you want results in your office then to me it all starts with this pyramid that starts off at the very bottom with you have to build a place where people can have trust. Mm-hmm. So in my office, one of the things I really dislike, have disliked over the years, um, is um, which we don't have, which I'm really grateful for, um, is backbiting and um, people talking about other folks. Or if they have a problem with somebody, they go tell somebody else. Mm-hmm. In our office, they have to go talk to the person they have a problem with. Mm-hmm. And um, if they have a problem getting to resolution, we're, I'm happy or one of my partners is happy to step in and help if we need to. But that rarely happens. We, we rarely hear about conflict. If we do, it's always we had a conflict, but we resolved it quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a very, very different office environment. And many of the people that work for me have um, really raved about how this very premise has also helped them with their family, whether it's their you know, older siblings or whatever. So, you know, many people in family relationships have problems with their sisters, brothers, whatever. And um, generally it's, it stems from because they don't have any trust. Right. They don't feel like they can trust to tell the person the truth or trust that they're going to hear the truth. So Right. Or that they'll respond in some crazy way that they're not prepared for exactly. or create a separation between them forever they fear the conflict yes yeah yes and yeah. conflict can actually make us stronger yeah when yeah. we work through it absolutely that's i really believe it does mm-hmm. i think that there's very little um conflict that doesn't lead to better relationships overall well it creates clarity yeah right for sure. i People mean when we out. don't have the conversation we make a lot of assumptions about what's going on but clarity yeah is kind it's I really think. great i think it's a it's a beautiful thing it's uh it's changed a lot of people's lives so yeah we we kind of have a quasi we always laugh about it we don't have a book club really but we think it's kind of like the people that work for we think it's a book club because we have um we have staff meetings regularly and at, at those staff meetings we go through business stuff but then we always have a book that we're studying so we've read books on sales and books on all kinds of things but we always always have something on the five dysfunctions of a team because um, usually people need to hear a reminder mm-hmm. it takes a lot of years to be able to get that kind of um, conflict resolution built into your into your interior for sure so do they do you have someone did i understand this correctly because i've talked with a small group of your people and they were the one who told me about the book club. Oh, good. And so I was really interested about that. And I said, you know, I'm a communication coach. And they said, oh, well, if we have a problem, you know, we just go and we just resolve it, right. which is incredible. Do you have them do like a book report on it? Yeah. Or? Actually, what happens is everybody has to read. We read a certain number of chapters before the before the meeting we have. Mm-hmm. And one person is appointed to do to deliver the book report. And they report on the chapter, and then there's open discussion. And sometimes there's an activity. You know, we have some people that are really super creative, and they come up with some pretty great activities. Uh, And some people just do like a regular book report about what they learned, and then when there's just open conversation about different ways you can apply it or how people have really benefited from it. When did you start that? When did this come to you? Were you having problems, and you were inspired by that? or? Um, So I was – I've been – 
like I told you, I've been blessed in this business tremendously, but probably in about, um, like in the 90s, I suppose it was, I started being invited to go either speak or share or um, just meet up with other um, real estate brokers and agents from across the country. And um, a lot of those folks are, are fairly big brain people that have always have great ideas. And so uh, many of us would, would be on the lookout for the, the next new great book to read. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, the, but the whole thought process of, of always learning, I guess, and always, always wanting to do better, no matter what I'm doing, has always been kind of the driving factor. And so the different kind of books we read has always been um, up and up and down and up and changed and whatever but um, but always learning and, and helping people I think that working in an office is what going to work is one thing um, but I feel responsible for those people's lives and I feel like if I can have a positive impact and maybe by help teaching them something that they can put to use in their own lives it's a it's a good thing is that the greatest benefit to your job then Lisa the greatest joy I get out of my job is um, either helping people that are buying or selling real estate directly or helping the people that work for me um, succeed, set their, you know, meet or exceed their goals or just help them have a better life, however that, however you do that. I always think about how much time we really spend with our coworkers. It's way more than you spend with your own family. And so, and in real estate, unfortunately, sometimes you work all weekend, so you truly are spending more time working sometimes and away from your family than with. So um, anything that, that I can do or, or my partners and I can do together to make people's lives better, it is, it is the biggest joy. And, and I think the reason that we, why would, it, why would somebody want to own a real estate company, um, there's a lot of reasons why people do it. Um, but to me, there's really no reason to do it if you're not willing to help the people that work for you. Okay, because, it, you know, in real estate, if you are a salesperson, you can go work for somebody, anybody, and still have great joy by being able to help buyers and sellers with what they want to do in real estate. But in our case, we really, we just really have a passion for helping people. And a, and a lot of the people that work for us, not all, but a lot of them are, are young. And I feel like if we can help, I always think back on it, I'm not young. And if I knew now what I didn't... What, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I really wish I knew everything back then that I know now. And so if I can help them take a head start on just being a little bit more aware, I guess, is probably the best way to say it. Because, you know, we all go get into our first job or do whatever we're going to do without a whole lot of awareness, generally. Mm-hmm. And um, you're, I think that their success or their happiness and what they do for the rest of their lives really depends upon how that goes. Yeah, so what what is the greatest lesson that you've learned? If you could go back, what would be that one thing that you would tell Lisa, the younger version of you? Um, you know, I didn't, that's a great question, because um, I didn't get into, so right now we do real estate land development, and we, 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 you know, we create a lot of homes via the lots that we develop and so forth. So we have a, we have a, I actually have several businesses, okay? And so when I when you ask that question, I guess my first thought is I could have helped so many more people had I known now what I, you know, mm-hmm. what I didn't know then. That doesn't come out right, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I could go backwards, I would wish I would just know everything I did just because I wouldn't have um, slow played it. I just would have jumped right into everything that I'm currently doing because there's really no reason you have to wait until you're old to get going in, in anything, 
And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a self-limiting belief in itself. And a lot of it um, comes from parents. They mean well. They don't want their children to, you know, none of us do. Don't get in too much debt. Don't do this. Don't do that. The problem with don't do, don't do, don't do is it tells our brains that we can't do much. And I think there's so many people that have so many opportunities that if they would just um, just go for it, put one foot in front of the next, don't take no for an answer. Um, I've, I've had that belief for a really long time. You know, there's always got to be a way to fix something, figure something out. And I think that's, um, that's one of the things that people really just, if, if I could just figure out some way to make sure that people believed in themselves as much as I believe in them or mm. other people believe in them, but it's hard to change somebody's own mind. They have to be ready and open and willing for it to change. Right. Mm. So tell me a little bit about the all the businesses that you are running mm-hmm. under one roof, basically. Um, we have several of them. Um, you know, we work with we work with different builders, and some of them we um, assist them with financing. We have a we own a company that is um, provides supplies for the builders, things like windows and doors and trim and things like that, to make the builders' lives easier. Um, they don't have to buy it from us but they all all, they almost all of them do because it's just we make their life easier that again that's part of my thing is how do you fix things to make everybody be able to work cohesively together Um, and then we have several other small companies we have a mortgage company inside of our office we have we just have a number of different little things we do Mm. so I think right now we're at like 14 and some of them are real small we have a shade business we sell um we have a we're just we have a shade company, so we sell window shades, you know. Um, yeah. Well, I saw all your design things mm-hmm. downstairs, and that yeah. looks beautiful That's as the, well. That's the stuff where the buyers that want to buy new construction, we decided that it was really too difficult. Most buyers find building, they, they say the words because they've heard it from other people, it's such a nightmare. We can't imagine going through building a house, so we're not going to do it. But when we take people through... Um, the design center that you saw and take them step by step and tell them exactly how easy it can be. There's never a time when there's not a hiccup. There's always hiccups in new construction, but it's not, it doesn't have to be a nightmare. And so our goal is, and we've been able to help a lot of people get into new construction and it's been far less of a nightmare actually than they thought it was going to be. So Mm. that's the purpose of the design centers to help the builders, but also to help our buyer clients. Mm. Yeah. So they have someone to guide them, to yep. hold their hand, to... And instead of sending them to 20 different places to pick things out, they can just come to one. Mm-hmm. And we have all the information so they don't have to go check anything. Most people feel very... Um, it, it feels very time-constricted to people when they have to go to all these different... make all these choices. But we have uh, experts in the office that can help them walk right through the process. And most people pick out everything they want in their house in just a very few hours. Wow. Yeah. Well, it can be, I know, a little challenging for couples to make all of those decisions yep. and that kind of thing, too, and come to some kind of consensus. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that work? Do you run into issues with that? Yeah, we, we, we have. We do sometimes. But most people are, again, the, I think when they run into problems is because nobody's there to guide them. Mm. And so <clears throat> when you show somebody something and you find out that you're on the right track for what they're looking for and you keep offering suggestions, we don't typically run into very many situations where the two can't agree on something. Hmm. Well, I think that's a big deal. I know my husband and I remodeled a house and it was a, it was challenging. There was one wall in our house that I didn't like. It was a big rock wall 
and he and all of the contractors loved it. So they were all voting against me. <laughs> but it did come down. I was very persuasive. Somehow I had this feeling you won. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Congratulations. I did win. And he's glad for it today oh, good. as well. So. That's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. So in the midst of all of this and growing this really big business, your name is everywhere. So as I introduced you, I thought, well, what do I need to say about Lisa Burridge? I mean, everybody knows Lisa Burridge. But in the midst of growing all of this, how how did you manage that with your family? And That's a great question, yeah. I have um, a super incredibly supportive husband. Uh, we've been married for 42 years now. Um, but he, but the whole time, so we waited a long time to have children. So my real estate career was up and going pretty well, 13 years of it um, before we had our first child. And then he helped a whole bunch with the kids and um, helping coordinate things because it's, it, you know, you run businesses, it just takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's, we just kind of juggled it back and forth between the two of us. And I have two great kids and three beautiful grandkids and they're both our both our kids are married and family is the most important thing to me um we have sunday dinners together you know at at our house and it's all that that, that's the most important thing to me is relationships so well obviously your family relationships and then it sounds like your second family at work as well and then all of these people community Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely Lisa, do you have doubts and fears? Sure, I do. I think everybody has doubts and fears. Um, I think the key to those are to decide if they are um, real fears or if they're like like the fear that's like false evidence appearing real fears um, because sometimes people get stopped by the false evidence. They, it's not This fear is not even real, and yet they get they get stopped by it. Um, and the, the doubts and things, I th- that's always, I think that always sneaks in. But again, if, I think if one has a, uh, a plan and they're committed to it and they really believe that it's, it can work and uh, most people give up too early, in my opinion, they stop too quick, they give up too early. Um, some people just don't want to put in the effort that it takes or they, they minimized it initially what they, th- they thought it was going to take less time or less effort than it does. That's what a lot of people do. But I think that um, you just have to decide if it's real. And if it's not, you put it in a little box and set it over there and revisit it if you need to. Otherwise, you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. I've, there's been many projects I've worked on where people have thought I was foolish or was going to make a big mistake or wasn't going to make it. Um, I mean, even my own, I always laugh about this. Even my dad would say to me after being in business for like 30 years, he'd be like, do you, do you think you're going to make it? You know, <laughs> think this is going to be okay? Yeah, I think it's going to be all right. But um, because he was very so conservative that he would he would not have been a great entrepreneur. And in that line, when it comes to people that really want to own their own businesses, um, it's not... You know, on one hand, it's not all it's cracked up to be. That's the truth. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that you're your own, at least to start with, you're your own, you're your own bookkeeper, your own accountant, you're your own advertising professional. You're, you got to do everything, and it can be a little daunting, overwhelming, time-consuming. Um, so there's some people that just, you know, aren't really cut out for that, and that's okay. There's plenty of people that have such great contributions to make to a company that's already in existence. Um, but for those that really want to have their own thing, there's really, in my opinion, no reason why people can't 
do what they want to do. If they're really committed, there are so many opportunities for people to go talk to talk to people in maybe a profession or in in an industry that they're interested in so they can learn more about it. And there's so much now you can find online about it. There's so many ways to get, uh, to get going with a new business um, that I, I think that just not being scared to call somebody up and say, can I talk to you? Would you give me 10 minutes of your time? Uh, I, I know very few business people that would, I don't think it's very, I think there are very few that would ever say no to that request. Mm. Pe- people are really great, great pe- people are great, yeah. but most people don't get asked, mm-hmm. you know, and then people are scared to say, well, I think they're too busy. And it's, it's, it's a crime when that happens because people are usually pretty willing to share what they, you know, what they have going on and a- answer questions so people should really not be scared to ask. Well, from what you just said, my question goes to how do you create, how did you create a plan so early on in your business to that that $5 million mark to get on the stage? How did you create the plan to, to get there? Yeah. yeah. So when I got, so that, that was my big first goal, that. And I didn't even really know what it was. And so I went to a conference, okay? And I think that, um, if you really want, there's nothing wrong with sticking around Casper. There's lots of nice people here and lots of ideas and so forth. And in the state, we're offered a lot. But there's probably really no replacement for going to conferences across the country because you get a different perspective on something. And, and so at this particular conference, which was way back in the early 80s, I saw these people that were being given these really nice looking awards. Some of them actually even got to go on a cruise. Back, back then, I didn't have you know, 10 cents to rub together. So I thought, well, that'd be kind of fun. And I found out what it was going to take. And I went back home and I decided how many, how many sales I'd have to make, how many people would I have to talk to, how many phone calls would I have to make. So I just worked my goal backwards and had written down how, what I had to get done every single day Mm -hmm. in order to make that goal happen. Mm. And that's how I did it. Just worked it, just worked the plan, just came up with, uh, I knew what it would take, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of work. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you want something bad enough, you just go get it. Well, I've heard you have to talk to 10 people to get one sale. Yeah. Is yes, that... you're pretty right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to talk to them. And then the people that you don't talk to or the people that don't want to talk to you or hang up on you, those mm-hmm. are even more. But you're, you're, you're accurate. It's about 10. You've got to mm. talk to 10 to get, to get one sale. And how do you manage to get through that? I, I'm just imagining myself in that 10 to 1 ratio of being turned down that many times yeah. and still feel energized to go back the next day. I have, I, I've, ever since I very first got started, I've talked myself into the fact that if they're not, this is not a hateful thing on me. They just don't want my service. They're not ready for it. And so um, I rather turn it outside of me instead of inside of me. <clears throat> so instead of that becoming a rejection, it's simply they're, they're not in a spot to need my services right now. Yeah, just separate. It's not personal. No. It's just not the time. And most people don't ever, they're not mean. People are mean. Mm-hmm. They just don't need to talk to you. And mm-hmm. that's okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, so let's wrap up here. Okay. I, I wonder about what kind of advice, I mean, first of all, you've given so many tips and tricks and things to remember to be successful but what kind of advice would you offer a new entrepreneur um somebody's already made the decision to do what they're doing 
I think that um, the affirmations is really important because plan's not going the way you want it to initially. It's super easy to get discouraged. So affirmations are really important at that point. Um, but I think that the goal setting we talked about and it, figuring out exactly what it takes day in and day out to be successful and not letting months and months go by without checking in to see exactly where your business is at. Um, that's where I find most people get in trouble because they waited too long to figure out that they haven't been doing the things that they should have been doing. Mm -hmm. So truthfully, if you do those things, if that's whatever your line of work is, if you know what it is or you're an entrepreneur and have a business, if you know what it's going to take to make a sale or you know what it's going to take to make your business work, um, then the only reason it wouldn't work is if it was an outside force that you had no control over or you're just not willing or able to complete the daily what it takes. Mm -hmm. And usually it's the latter. Because even in a down economy, people succeed. Even in a down, um, you know, any time of the year, people need people need products. And so you just have to make sure that what you're offering, you've made it available to people. Mm -hmm. They know what you're doing, and, and, and you know what you need to do to be successful. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Stacey. I so appreciate talking to you. It's I have my pleasure. Like this feeling of so much excitement and and just joy knowing that, this is all possible. It it's is possible. possible for you, and it's possible for everyone else. It's for, for yeah, all of us. Absolutely, it is. So, okay. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Thank you for listening to Leading Life, a production by the Center for Conscious Communication, hosted by me, Stacy Carruth. I'd like to thank Ty Pierce for his artwork and technical guidance. If you haven't already, make sure to follow Leading Life on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening and catch you again next time.